Hi lovely listeners, my name is Lisa Marie Imray and I am the host of Coffee and Crime, a true crime podcast, where each week I sit down with a cup of coffee and talk about any kind of true crime story. So if you are interested in true crime, which I bet you are since you're here listening to this amazing podcast, or you like drinking coffee, then feel free to give Coffee and Crime a listen to. It is available on all major podcast platforms. You can also find Coffee and Crime on Facebook or Instagram, where the DMs are always ready for you to slide in with your thoughts and feelings, recommendations, or anything true crime related. So until then, be safe, be good, be better, and all that cheesy crap. And I will catch you guys over at Coffee and Crime. Crime Scenes and Cupcakes is a true crime investigative podcast. We discuss cases regarding the assault, murder, sexual assault, or cases involving the abuse or abduction of adults or children. These topics can be very disturbing and a trigger to many individuals, so please listen accordingly. If you or someone you know is struggling or in crisis, Help is available. You can text, call, or chat 988. This is available 24-7. It is also available in multiple languages for anyone who needs mental health-related or suicide crisis support. It can connect you with trained crisis counselors. Also, if you are in Wichita, there is a local crisis center. Call 316-660-7500. Certain crimes hold a key to capturing Americans and journalists' hearts. These cases receive immediate attention from some of the biggest news media sources, podcasters, and TikTok influencers from around the world as information of these cases are picked apart and debated and the world begins fighting for the rights of that one victim. But what about the other victims? What about the victims whose cases fall as nothing more than a blurb on page four? They're read and then basically forgotten. What about those cold cases who have little to no family that's left fighting for answers. More than 600,000 people go missing in the United States. Not only that, 4,400 unidentified bodies are recovered each year. Roughly 25,000 remain unidentified after one year. There are also over 200,000 cold cases in the United States alone. Now, I want you guys to stop and think. How many of those cold cases do you know who the victims are? You know Jean Benet Ramsey, Maura Murray. You know the big names. But what about the rest of them? The rest of those? Those are our cases. Now, we focus on the ones mostly in the Kansas area and surrounding states because there are a great many other podcasters that are doing the same work we are 
in their local areas. By utilizing crime-solve techniques, we all work together in this fight, and we won't stop in our fight until we get larger media sources to stand up and pay attention to these crimes. We want to get their local police departments to answer some of the outstanding questions on their cases. We don't stop until there are eyes on these cases and answers for these victims. This is our mission statement. This is what we do. We don't have time to stop for breakfast because we get up every day and we work on these cases. And there are many independent podcasters doing this work. And yeah, we get little to no attention, but we are striving and we will continue to do so until we get the attention of larger media sources on the cases, not our podcast. We are killers for breakfast. And this is what we do. Hey guys, it's Marianne, dog mom, baker, true crime podcast maker. And if you follow us on social media or are an avid listener of the show or just happen to have stumbled across our cool social media post, you might have heard that we are transitioning our brand from Crime Scene and Cupcakes to Killers for Breakfast. As we've discussed, this transition occurs due to a novel I've been working on for the last 10 years. It's a telling of the immersion and commitment required when looking for answers in cases cold and active. How sometimes those commitments can cause you to lose pieces of yourself and who you thought you were. This book outlines a journey, a journey of finding yourself after these daunting years, hunting for questions still unanswered, and reconciling relationships once you are forced to face soul-crushing realities. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. This book won't be for the faint of heart, you know, since hearts are at the forefront of my life every day now. I hope it will help readers understand those behind the scenes. Those behind the scenes of so many cases. Those who have to sacrifice countless hours of sleep, meal times, and times with their own families. Many times those people sacrifice all of that time and they just have to quietly move on to the next crisis. I also hope it helps the reader understand those who aren't family members of a victim in a cold case. However, they still feel the sting of the loss, struggle for answers, and I hope they understand what it's like to look for answers while being considered an outsider to everyone else who's working on the case. You're considered the outsider, even though you feel like family. Now for today's case, I want to talk a little bit about how crimes are evolving. 
and so must crime-solving techniques. Now, even for someone as old as I am, I, I'm still henpecking at the keys. That's how old I am. So I hope people can understand my frustration when police departments do not embrace the innovative techniques that are out there, like social media and places like Uncovered.com and Web Sleuths. They can help so much in crowd-solving techniques. Now, for those of you who may not be aware of what crowd-solving is, let me help you. Now, it's a form of problem-solving that involves the collaboration of many people, communities, groups, or resources. It is a type of crowd-sourcing with focus on complex and intellectually demanding problems requiring considerable effort and quality uniqueness of contribution. So basically, a lot of people with a lot of diverse backgrounds who can get together and bring unique perspectives on one problem. Now, this comes from the Wikipedia definition of crowd solving. Now, one difference you also might notice with our podcast is that we present all the facts that we present in a case. I mean, we presented everything you can find out there. Now, we don't want our listeners to dox anybody or get tunnel vision on anything we put out there. We don't want anyone to create false leads in these cases. So take everything out there, absorb all the information, but look at it from a multitude of perspectives. We want you to look at this and look at what else somebody else could be missing. What could investigators be missing? We want everyone to vet memories. Look in the community for anything abnormal that might have occurred that day or the surrounding weeks. We want you, we want to arm you with all the facts that are available in the investigation. These are facts that are available to anyone who is willing to do the investigative legwork that are wanting to find information on, like today's case, the case of Ernie Ortiz in Garden City. Because the ones who commit the crimes don't concern themselves with playing nice. So why should we? Now, the Garden City Police Department has been top-notch in utilizing crowd-solve techniques. They reach out to the community. They look at every different group to help bring in information on their cold cases. I cannot talk about the Garden City Police Department enough on what they try to do on innovative techniques on helping solve these cases. In fact, they submitted Ernie Ortiz's case to the Kansas Cold Case Playing Cards deck. Now, this deck features 52 cases, including unsolved homicides, missing persons, and unidentified remains cases. The cards have been circulated for about a year through jails, correctional facilities in Kansas. The deck aims to generate new tips and leads on cases that are profiled within the cards. Ernie Ortiz's case was one of the unsolved homicides in the Garden City area, and the police department requested to have that one added to the deck. Now, the Garden City Police Department had about nine 
unsolved homicides in the past five years. And Ernie Ortiz's case was one of the three that I said remained unsolved. They had nine homicides, excuse me, in the last five years, and they had three that remained unsolved at the time of my research. Now, Garden City detectives, they know that by involving the community, it's the best way to get answers in the Ernie Ortiz's case. So they reached out to as many different organizations as they could to feature Ernie's case. Now, Hannah King with Cake News, she recently featured a story on this case and many other cases from the deck. And I don't know if you guys remember us talking about her. I mean, she has done so many cases on different cases that are in the cold case stack. And this is what crowdsolving is all about. It's raising visibility of these cases, repeating, sharing. The more experienced crime solvers, such as yourselves, reviewing this case and other cases, it increases the ability for Ernie Ortiz and all of these other cases to receive justice, like Aisha Donaby that we talked about in another case, and she is in the cold case deck. It lets the perpetrators know these cases aren't going to go away. Just because they're cold doesn't mean they're gone. Not just Ernie's cases we've discussed, but all the cases in the cold case deck and all cold cases, all the faces, all the people with their stories and their loved ones, each and every one. They will continue to get shared by us, by Hannah King, and all of the additional podcasters and other media sources. To share these cases on social media, that's what it's all about. That's what true crime is about. It's not entertainment. It's getting to the bottom of these cases and getting answers for the families. So let's get into the case of Ernie Ortiz. If you've ever lived or visited the Garden City, Kansas area, you should be familiar with El Conquistador restaurant. It's an institution in Garden City since 1981. It's not just known for serving amazing food, but also for being amazingly active in the community. So much so that Ernie Ortiz, the owner, was lovingly called Uncle Ernie by his constant and many restaurant patrons. Ernie Ortiz was warm and gregarious, and he kept people wanting to come back to his restaurant. Not only that, to want to hear his music. He had amazing bands. And he helped people just pleasing the masses with his music and his food. And Ernie was used to pleasing the masses because he was born in a family of 14. And the family learned at a young age that the family that plays together stays together. And when I say play, I mean instrumental. The family learned how to play instruments and read music back in 1963, and they formed a Nick Ortiz Orchestra with Ernie, his father, and a few other family members. And they kept this going through most of Ernie's school years. Ernie was literally rocking through his high school years. After graduation, Ernie then was part of a band named Musical Voyage with multiple articles written about them, tours, and lots of fans. Ernie lived an amazing and full life with tons of nieces and nephews who never had a doubt that their Uncle Ernie was always there for them. 
Now, when Ernie returned home to Garden City, entertaining family and friends never stopped. He was the director of the church choir, and you would hear him playing his trumpet or other musical instruments all the way from his home. Now, multitasking and Ernie were synonymous, as I said, with the El Conquistador restaurant. El Conquistador was well known as a family-owned restaurant committed to the Garden City community, sponsoring various events and organizations such as local schools and the YMCA. Also, they were the first restaurant to start a Taco Tuesday back in the 1980s. Ernie Ortiz and his family were proud to have been picked as the only Mexican restaurant in the state of Kansas to be featured along with five other restaurants in the Red Book magazine. For Ernie and his family, they were living the American dream. Unfortunately, their dream would come crashing to a halt on the evening of September 12th, 2019. Officers responded just before 11 p.m. that night to the report of a person down at El Conquistador restaurant at 1601 Bluff Jones Avenue in Garden City, Kansas. They found Ernie Ortiz lying on the east parking lot entrance. He'd suffered multiple gunshot wounds and the wounds would prove to be fatal. Ernie Ortiz would be pronounced dead at St. Catherine Hospital. Now the Garden City Police Department initially believes this to be a robbery. However, Due to Ernie's work in the community and the level of violence, it's really difficult to reconcile that as a motive. Now, 32-year-old Marcus Rohde was charged in the homicide of Ernie Ortiz. Rohde, who was on parole for previous drug and criminal damage convictions, denied the accusations. The case was later dropped without prejudice. Now, what that means is if someone comes forward or if any additional evidence comes to light, the district attorney can reopen the case against Rody. Now, that, again, somebody is innocent until proven guilty. Rody has moved on with his life, and as far as we know, there has been nothing further. In the meantime, Ernie Ortiz's family and loved ones, they maintain a Facebook page named Justice for Ernie Ortiz, where they share information on his case, photos and videos of Ernie, his band, and other beloved ways that they honor him and keep his memory alive. Ernie was such a strong backbone of El Conquistador. This restaurant that was started with the family's grandmother's recipes, and the food was extra special to those who prepared it, and everyone that enjoyed it. However, the family wasn't able to maintain all of the roles that Ernie Ortiz was able to do by himself. So El Conquistador is now a different restaurant and its hole has left a space in the family and the community. But that hole is more than El Conquistador. That hole is also the hole that was left behind by a man who created beautiful music and made sure that his family knew that to him, they were 
everything. Now, a private donation was collected, and they were able to raise a reward to its current amount of $10,000. That money will be paid to a tipster if the information provided leads to an arrest or conviction in the homicide of Ernie Ortiz. Anyone with information is asked to call the Garden City Police Department at 620-276-1300. If you wish to remain anonymous, you can call Crime Stoppers at 620-275-7807 or text their tip to Garden City PD by texting GCTIP or your tip to tip 411-847-411. Again, there is a Facebook group called Justice for Ernie Ortiz to learn more about this case. Again, it is so important when it comes to crowd solving to keep these cases alive, to keep the victims' names alive. We need to keep these cases on social media, we need to let whoever committed these crimes know we are not going to be silent. These victims will never be forgotten. And we are awaiting justice. The police departments haven't forgotten about these cases. And they are doing everything to go forward to find information in the community especially the Garden City Police Department. And again, don't forget the Kansas Cold Case Playing Card Deck. Those are doing amazing work in the community. Hannah King with K-A-K-E is doing wonderful work in bringing these cold case decks alive with her new stories. You are able to see these victims. You are able to hear these cases. So please check them out. We will have the links on our social media. You can see the families and their stories, and it's absolutely moving and incredible. Watch for our branding change that is coming. We have more cases that are coming to light. Our podcast will be changing, and you're going to be hearing more of it from a case perspective. So watch for that. And like I said, a lot of changes are coming and we're hoping it's for the positive and we're hoping we're going to have some answers on these cases. Again, we are still striving for answers in the Krista Martin case. And Hannah King has been amazing. And we're hoping that eventually she will do some looking into the Krista Martin case as well. Thanks a lot and look for us again. Thank you so much for joining us and be safe. I also want to take a moment and thank the Ernie Ortiz's family for coming forward and communicating with me and discussing this case with me. I want to thank those other families who reach out and share those painful memories and those painful moments in order to get their cases out here into the media, these cold cases out there. Again, thank you all for reaching out and we will continue to push these cases out onto social media 
out onto these podcasts and I will continue to reach out onto other news media sources to try to get your families or your families cold cases out there onto other news media sources we're not going to give up and we're not going to quit that is the whole point of this and thank you so much for being willing to share with me the most vulnerable moments. Also, I want to say thank you to the Garden City Police Department and the other law enforcement agencies who are willing to share these cases with me. And it's an honor when you're willing to share this information with me and our podcast so that we can share this information with our listeners. Before we go, we wanna leave you with this. This is something we found on the Justice for Ernie Ortiz Facebook page. This is Ernie on his trumpet. Be safe, everyone.